The second part of it, the spiritual application, is that we're all lepers in one way or another. There's all things that are missing in us. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through his series called Close Encounters with Jesus. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. like to invite you to open your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 17, Close Encounters with Jesus. That's what's really great. So if you've got uh, your Bible, Luke chapter 17. Reminds me of a story about things lost, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But uh, phone rings, little boy's voice answers and goes, hello? And the voice on the other end says, is your dad there? No. Well, is your mom there? No. Well, where, is, where are they at? He goes, my mom's with my dad. What are they doing? She says, they're with the police. The police? Why are the police there? They're looking for me. Something sometimes it happens. Kids will do that. Well, things lost. You know, sometimes we can lose the simplicity of the gospel. And uh, we're going to look at that today as we study together. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we just ask you that your Holy Spirit would come now in a special way. Speak to us. Encourage us. Give us your wisdom as we study these words. And again, Lord, that we would remember them, knowing this, that what we know about you changes us forever. And so now, Holy Spirit, just come, speak to us, reside in us, in Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 17, Jesus has been ministering, going through the various villages and towns throughout Israel, and now we find that it happens as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. This is found in verse 11 of chapter 17. Jesus, of course, being on the road all the time, got tired, gets tired, and you would too. But you know, it's never where I find that we get to the place where, yeah, I feel rested up, now I can minister. You know, God calls on us to minister all the time to everyone, to our family, to our friends, people we don't know. Now, it says it happened as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and the Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Um, Sick people. And uh, they were not welcome in the modern society of that day. And because they had a very possibly a communicable disease, 
Leprosy was considered that which would ostracize you from the rest of community. And so they would oftentimes live together as little groups because they were not welcome in the town. The Bible says that if a person was found with leprosy, they could not be assimilated into the rest of society because they were afraid that these diseases would then be transferred into the other areas. You know, sometimes in the Bible... We come across places like where God spoke to Joshua when he went into Jericho and he was to uh, kill everything. And people go, well, what kind of a God does that? Well, you have to realize that in many of these communities and areas, people were extremely diseased and and oftentimes because of their pagan practices. And we remember they worshiped the goddess of fertility and these these different uh, Baal worship and all. And so they were kind of uh, of a bend sort. Uh, and we know where venereal disease comes from. And so God would say, kill everything, kill the animals, kill everything, because there was something wrong. And so when we realize that God's mercy was extended to the whole world, because sometimes people's practice can do certain things, it can, it, is it true? Can bad lifestyles make you sick? Well, I think anybody here that's ever been into alcoholism or into drugs, you know you can ruin your health. Now, does that mean that if you're sick, there's, you've been practicing sin? Not necessarily. And this is where some of these crazy doctrines come from, that if you're sick, there's sin in your life. Well, that's not necessarily true. Can be caused by that, but not always. Sometimes we're born with hereditary issues, diabetes, and sometimes other illnesses that we may have. That is just part of living in a fallen world. But God in his love wants to restore, bless, and heal. Now, as we look at this, Jesus comes into town, certain village. Now notice it doesn't tell us exactly what village it was. He was just on his way as he passed through Samaria and the Galilee. There was lots of little towns that were there. Doesn't tell us what town. And I think sometimes in the Bible, when it doesn't tell you what town it is, can be just as important of what town it is. We'll talk about this in a minute. And there met him 10 lepers now who stood afar off. Because of Levitical law, they could not come near people who were not diseased. And so they had to stay so many feet away from anyone. And when a person would approach them, they would have to call out, unclean, unclean. In other words, stay back. I'm contagious. Well, this is what was happening here as they cried out, uh, as they stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now, I think it's interesting here. It says they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master. It's funny they knew who Jesus was. But you'll notice here, they're asking for mercy. They're not asking to be healed. Now, I don't know why that is. Maybe they didn't believe Jesus could heal them. So they were asking for mercy. Now, uh, you have to realize that because they were ostracized from community, most of them were extremely poor. And perhaps they were calling out for a handout, very possibly. Have mercy on us. So I think as you look at this here, uh, uh, they weren't calling for anything other than for Jesus 
mercy. So, and by the way, mercy is not getting what they deserve. Uh, Grace is God being good to you and giving you more than you deserve. So he says, and so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. Now, I, I think this is really interesting here because Jesus healed in different ways. We remember one time a leper came to Jesus and we remember Jesus just said, be healed, and he was healed. This particular time, he said, now go show yourself to the priest. A couple of things going on here that I see. First of all, go show yourself to the priest. They were the only ones that could declare you to be cleansed. And they would do then, according to Levitical law, chapter 13 in the Old Testament, they would, they would declare you to be innocent. And then there was a prescribed way of, of sealing the deal. You would bring, if you were a leper, two doves. And you'd bring them into the temple. And the priest would take one of the doves and he would kill it, pour the blood into a basin, and then take the other dove, dip it in the blood from the one that was killed and then set it free. And as it would fly away, the blood would be splattering everywhere. And this was that which would declare them to be healed. Now, something interesting, when Hebrews read scripture, and I always want to encourage everyone, when you read the Bible, read it three ways. First of all, obviously what it says. The second is the spiritual application, and the third was the prophetic application. That's the way Hebrews would read Scripture, because they knew it was more than just a book of words, but there was a spiritual application and yet a future application as well. So it says, go show yourselves to the priests. Now again, why did he do that? Because by law, they were the only ones that could declare a leper to be cleansed. And it says as they went, they were cleansed. Now, at some point, when they turned and went to show themselves to the priest, the healing happened. And I would like to share this with all of us. You know, Jesus says words to us too. And the miracle of God happens when we engage ourselves in what God has told us to do. A lot of people say, well, when God uh, uh, provides the money for me to go be a missionary, well, then I'll go. That, friends, doesn't take a lot of faith to do that. And without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please him. But as they turn and went, the healing came. When we start our relationship with God, when we accept Christ as our Savior and he forgives us, the Bible says as we begin this walk of faith, God begins his miraculous work in our life. And so it says, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was, they were cleansed. Now, again, what point were they immediately healed? Or was it a little gradual? Every time they took a step, the blotch got lighter and the blotch got lighter until it was all gone. Well, whatever it was, it couldn't have been very long because of what we find here recorded for us. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God. Now, I like this in verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed. 
Now you can bet as God told them to go, they went, and as they're going along, the spots get lighter, and he saw he was cleansed. It says with a loud voice. He wasn't quiet about what God had done for him. And by the way, I would say the same thing for every one of us. Don't be quiet in what God has done for you. Because in that, we glorify God. So it says with a loud voice. I circled that in my Bible because I think it's kind of an interesting thing here. They glorified God. And it says, and he came and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now, again, Samaritans were the outcasts of society. In fact, all the way through uh, the last few weeks, we've been looking at how the Samaritans who were not really welcomed by people were in fact welcomed by God. And so the Bible tells us because they were half-breeds, the Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans. We remember when Jesus came towards Jericho, there was the Samaritan woman by the well, and we remember how she was an outcast of society, and Jesus uh, began to address her personal lifestyle, that she had five husbands, and the one that she was living with wasn't her own. And she responds to Jesus, I perceive you're a prophet. Well, that's right. Why is that? Because Jesus knows everything. Jesus knows what we need before we ask. Remember, as we studied last week, Jesus comes into town and there's a little man. He was a tax collector. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with him because rather than being a Samaritan, he had just sold out and worked for the Roman government and everybody hated tax collectors just kind of like they do today. And so Jesus is walking down the street and the little man didn't know which way to go. This guy's name was Zacchaeus. So he ran on ahead. He knew which way Jesus was headed towards the end of the street. And he climbed up into a tree, the Bible says. And there's this rich tax collector hated by the community. And Jesus sees this guy hanging out of a tree. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down for I must spend the night at your house, speaking of inviting himself for dinner. Jesus liked to eat dinner so much, he'd invite himself. And so he said, come down. I'm surprised again that Zacchaeus didn't fall out of the tree because he knew his name. Well, here we find the Bible says this guy was a Samaritan. Now, why does the Bible say that he was a Samaritan? Well, I think, first of all, to show us a couple of things. One, the rest evidently worked. Uh, or maybe there were, but not all of them. And by the way, sometimes uh, tough times will bring even enemies together. You find that whether they were a Jew or a Samaritan, they all clumped together. There was 10 of them. And, but the Samaritan is the one that came back to say thank you. Now, the Jewish people supposedly knew God. That was the whole problem that, of course, when Jesus came, the hatred of the Sanhedrin and the religious sects of the day hated Jesus because he was coming and bringing them another message. Rather than you didn't inherit your spirituality, you have to believe to get it. This is one of the reasons why John the Baptist's ministry was so important. He said to the Jewish people, you need to take a ceremonial washing. Well, here you find He came back, and he was a Samaritan, giving thanks. Verse 17, so Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Now, I think a couple of things here. One, Jesus noticed 
that the nine weren't there. I think that's really important. The second is, he called into account, I healed 10, where the rest? So first of all, he knew how many people he had cleansed. And second of all, there was an accountability then that Jesus said, where are the other nine? Now here's the point. I don't run into that many, so to speak, lepers on the street every day. But leprosy in the Bible is a form of sin. And we're around a lot of people that are sinful people. People that need to be healed. People that need to be cleansed. People that need to be restored. I'm one of them as well. And when we realize that God has done so many wonderful things in our lives, what do you think the ratio is of when God does things for us that we give him thanks for? I'd say probably one in 10 if we're even that lucky. You think about how God, uh, sometimes when you think about, uh, we pray for our food and we go, Lord, thank you for this food. I've been in foreign countries. I, I've eaten things. I, I hadn't a clue what it was. I prayed the missionary prayer. I, I'll eat it down. You know, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll, I'll eat it up. You keep it down kind of thing. And, and because we don't know what we're, you know, I mean, um, my sister went to Malawi one time and she stopped at a street vendor and they had some fried potatoes or grubs or whatever it was. And she ate those. And as she's walking away, she looks back and under the stand of the thing uh, was motor oil. The, the food was cooked in motor oil because that's all they have. So oftentimes we'll see different things in our lives and we won't be thankful because we just feel that it's normal. And I want to just, as I look at this, I, I really believe this is what so much of this about. Of course, we have the obvious, the 10 lepers, only one comes back and says, thank you. The second part of it, the spiritual application, is that we're all lepers in one way or another. There's all things that are missing in us. And God says, how thankful are you? The old adage if you're not thankful for what you have, you won't be thankful for what you get because thankfulness is a condition of the heart. So uh, again, when I come into thankfulness, it requires me, as Jesus said, where are the rest? It requires me to look and take inventory of how God has blessed me, how God has taken care of me, God's faithfulness in the past, the faithfulness he'll have in the future. Now remember, he said, go show yourself to the priest. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't do anything other than just tell them, go show yourself to the priest. As they went, they were healed. I realize that if I'm going to see the power of God in my life, if I'm going to see the anointing of God in my life, I have to turn and step out in faith and see what God's going to do. Friends, if I sat down and really contemplated how much money it takes to keep all the radio stations on the air. When I stop to think about how, uh, how the, the logistics of, of everything that we do, I would give up and run away. But it's by faith when we walk, that's how we see God work. And God honors faith when we're in his will. Now, again, there's sometimes people have faith in things that, that are not to be. But when we're walking in faith, 
based upon the word of God, that's where the power of God is. Somebody asked me, and, and they continue to ask, this is a question that comes up on every man and answer a lot. And one of them is, well, why was God such a God of miracles in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and we don't see miracles anymore? Well, God's still in the miracle working business. The only problem is most of us don't walk in faith to require or see those miracles that are happening. You see, when they obeyed what Jesus said, they said, mercy, go show yourself to the priest. That says they turned and as they went, they were healed. I wonder how many times and how many blessings we have missed because we don't do what Jesus says, turn and go. But here's another part of it that I think is so important. We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you Whole. Now, some of the new Bibles use the word well, and that's not really, if you look at the context in the Greek, the word well is, in the new versions, is the word sozo. And sozo can mean well, but basically do well. But really what it's talking about is completed or, or protected or much more than just having a good bill of health. It's much more than that. And it comes across in the original, in the old King James, for your faith has made you whole, the Bible says. You see, you can be well, you can experience the blessing of God, but it's when we come back and say thank you, that's what makes us completed. Because first of all, we recognized our need. The second thing is, we recognize a miracle has happened. And the third thing is, we're rec- we, we recognize that God is the one that did it, and we're thankful. You see, those are really important. So there is a way that we do things to uh, uh, release the power of God in our life. Now, you can have all kinds of, you can have all kinds of, uh, uh, of, faith and ideas, but unless you put that to feet to your faith, those just simply stay ideas and things. So you say, well, what then, how does that work? Well, the first thing I found is this. When we're thankful over little things, God begins to then give us more. Here's why. We recognize the source of the blessing. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.